Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Let's tell the truth. How many of you say, it's too late, Pastor? (laughs) It's too late. I've already had a shipwreck in my life. Anybody already had a shipwreck or two in your life? So today, I just, this was a, Last one was a little more proactive. This one is a little more real. And the realness of this is how to survive a shipwreck. Turn to your neighbor and say, how to survive a shipwreck. So we've already been there. Now, last week when we talked about how to avoid a shipwreck, we said you want to know your conditions, stay in the channel, travel with a load, maintain fuel, trust your chart, and when in trouble, use your radio. That's how you avoid a shipwreck. Now, how to survive a shipwreck. Jude chapter 1, verse 12. This is the, the key passage of this whole book. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, as in these are mature people who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ, but they've introduced these other um, ideologies, theologies. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about syncretism, the difference between contextualism and syncretism. Syncretism is when, uh, contextualism is when the gospel changes the culture. Syncretism is when the Culture changes the gospel. And so uh, talking about mature believers, think small group leaders, pastors, these people eat with you in your fellowship meal, commemorating the Lord's love. They are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you because they profess one thing, but then they're leading people astray over on the other side. Uh, Scripture, James says that if you lead these little ones astray, not only talking about children, but talking about immature believers or people who are seeking after God, it's, he said it's better if you lead these people astray, it's better that you would have a millstone hung around your neck and be thrown into the ocean. So bottom line for everybody that thinks that God is, how many of you believe God is love? God is love. But if you think God is only love, here's some news for you. There is going to be a judgment day and those who have transgressed God will give an account. So every one of us will give an account, but it's by Christ that we are made right. But if we are enemies of Christ, Christ will not, we will not be in standing with Jesus. And the Lord will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. So there is a judgment day that's coming. Let me tell you this also, all dogs don't go to heaven. (laughs) Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, all dogs don't go to heaven. At the end of the day, everybody doesn't win. Rob Bell had a thing that said, love wins. Yes, love does win. But if you reject the love of God, then you, the love of God, the grace of God has not been applied to your life. There are people that will spend an eternity in heaven and there are people that will spend an eternity in hell separated from God. Thank you. I got one. I got one. I have to give that Jude message. Don't make me come down there. So this is the thing. So, okay, with all that being said, this is a real challenge for the church, period. Every church, every church, every believer will have to be battling this because the flesh is opposed to God. Paul says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We find ourselves, Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. It's we have a carnal mind and a taste buds and God has given us a spiritual mind and a spiritual desire. They're warring against one another until we die. And so we've always got to be battling that. Now, let me say this about shipwrecks. It's much better to avoid a shipwreck. 
It's much better to avoid a shipwreck than to, sur- than to have to survive a shipwreck. But when you shipwreck, then it's good to survive it. Uh, you didn't want to be in the situation that you're in, but you're in the situation you're in. So the best thing you can do is stop worrying about the situation you're in and start surviving the situation that you're in and moving through it. Winston Churchill, the great theologian, he said, when you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going, don't quit. Pastor, I just don't feel like I'm winning right now. It's okay, you don't have to win everything. Some things you just gotta survive. I know you want that dream house. I know you want that family. I know, I know you got that great job that you're going to, but right now your ship is pushed up against some rocks and the boat is coming apart. And your number one job right now is not to dream about your future. Your number one job right now is to live and to survive. One of the greatest things that you can do is to overcome the enemy as he attacks you. Pastor, I didn't sign up for this. Well, when you had kids, you were gonna have teenagers. It is just part of life. You didn't sign up for that. They don't, they don't think, they, 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 don't, they do things that don't make sense. That's, that's part of it. <laughs> it's part of it. You were like this too. And Pastor, I, I didn't sign, I'm sick. I didn't sign up for cancer. It doesn't matter. This is part of the false. As soon as sin stepped into the world, then we have to deal with bodies that break down and all of that thing. So the best thing to do is to stop worrying about what could have been, what would have been, what should have been, and get busy in the fight that you got at the moment. Um, in, In fact, a lot of times we say, well, I just don't have the army to fight this. This is the thing. You don't go to battle with the army you want. You go to battle with the army that you have. And so if you don't like your tools, just get over it, grab those tools and show up. And if you will show up in the power and the strength of the strength of the Lord, you've got everything that you need. Amen. So, all right. So we're at war. We've been shipwrecked. I don't know if it's a faith issue. I don't know if it's a trust issue, if it's a truth issue, if it's a physical issue, whatever it is for you that has caused you to shipwreck then I want to give you a picture of what the Apostle Paul did when he shipwrecked. So you can go with me to Acts chapter 27, and I, actually some good homework. Now, your homework last week was to read Jude. I, I'm going to just do a show of hands right now. This is terrible. I can't believe I'm doing this. If you did your homework last week and you read the book of Jude, remember, you're in the house of the Lord. Don't lie. Just go ahead and slip up your hand right now. God bless. Oh, that was like a Presbyterian hand raise right there. Yeah. Okay, go home this week, read Jude, catch up if you missed out last week on Jude, and then read Acts 26, Acts 27, Acts 28. The book of Acts is written by Luke, the physician. So a lot of times when you talk about, um, you you can talk about Luke, you can say Luke Acts. Luke is the gospel of Jesus, Acts is the history of the early church and the work of the Holy Spirit. It's like um, um, you know, Hunger Games, part one, part two. I, Kelly got me to go to, what's that movie with the vampires? I'm probably not supposed to be telling you this in church. Uh, <laughs> Twilight or something like that. And there was one that was supposed to be the end, the last movie. And I went and it said, uh, whatever the name of the movie was, and it said part one. I said, what are you kidding? You have a finale, and there's a part one. I thought I was finishing that thing. You know, sometimes you do things for your spouse because you love them, right? 
or because she's cute, right? Um, so the book of Acts is the history of the church. You see Paul starting all these churches and then the epistles, the letters to the church are instruction on how to carry out what you saw happen. So Acts is how the church formed and then the epistles are the instruction manual that Paul and James and Jude uh, and John leave to the church to help them get their stuff in order. Because you see something that looks really good um, but it didn't just happen like that. There's some instructions to it. So you see some of the challenges, like 1 Corinthians 13. You see, you see uh, 1 Corinthians 14, how that there was some drama in the church, having to bring order to the church. Acts chapter 27 is coming down to the end of the apostle Paul's life. And in Acts chapter 27, you find Paul as a prisoner on a ship being taken to trial. And so he was down in the bottom of the ship in lockup with a bunch of other prisoners. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 26, you see that the apostle Paul went and stood before King Agrippa. And while he was there with King Agrippa, he took his opportunity to stand before King Agrippa to share the gospel. And I don't know, probably about 10 years ago or so, maybe even longer than that, I got to pray the invocation for the championship NASCAR race. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Uh, Goldberg, you know, the wrestler. Um, I think he also played football linebacker at, at Oklahoma. Uh, he was the grand marshal. So I was hanging out with Goldberg. I asked him if he wanted to arm wrestle. He said, yes. I said, I changed my mind, you know. Um, he, um, we, we go there, I get to pray and there's like 150,000 people at this race. And I'm standing there and I thought, I'm going to pray. Well, I gave them the gospel. I was like, this is my opportunity to preach. So I put in my little prayer the fact that Jesus was, that we were sinners and that Jesus was crucified and he was buried and resurrected. And he ascended so that we could have life. And I put it in there and I made it sound a little bit redneck because of all the NASCAR drivers. But it was also in Miami, so it was a little Cuban too. It was a lot, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, The apostle Paul goes before the king and he was on trial. And he puts down into his defense a presentation of the gospel. And in Acts chapter 26, this is what King Agrippa says to the apostle Paul. He said, and of course this is in the King James, that's how I memorize it. He said, thou hast almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Pretty awesome thing. Now, one thing that Paul did in Acts chapter 26 is that he, Paul was going to get off. He, he, he was not going to be convicted. He was not going to be a prisoner. He, he had the case. He presented well. He was a learned man. He really didn't even need representation. Paul was probably the most brilliant man in the New Testament, you know, next to Jesus who created everything. Uh, Maybe you could make an argument for Luke the physician. In fact, when you read the gospel according to Luke, you see that it is researched and uses first-hand eyewitnesses. You hear him referring to Theophilus who helped him write this. But the apostle Paul was brilliant. And so on the threshold of being acquitted of his crime, he appealed. He knows he won. 
and he wasn't gonna die, he wasn't gonna be in prison, he appealed to Caesar himself. And they, they were like, I can't believe he did this because had he not appealed to Caesar, he would be free. But that was not Paul's agenda. Paul's agenda was to advance the gospel. In fact, there are churches all over the world because the apostle Paul going to port city after port city after port city. And so he goes and stands before the most powerful man on the planet. That's where he was in Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27 sounds like an adventure movie. It sounds like a lost at sea kind of movie. They're coming around Crete and the winds are blowing. He's telling the ship's captain, ship captain, he says, this is not wise for this weather is not right. We shouldn't go on around. It's, it's, it's too heavy. We don't need to do this. And they wouldn't listen to the prisoner. Instead, they listened to the captain and the ship owner, which makes all the sense in the world to me. Does it make any sense to anybody? Hey, do we have that video? I got a little video. I'm not, I'm not sure. I hope we do. Let's just a little fishing video. Uh, I, let's see if we got this. Give me a thumbs up or something. If not, because I, I could have probably treated you. Don't, okay, we'll do that in the next service. You'll have to watch the next one. But listen, have you ever been out on the water when the sky disappeared because the waves were so high? That's a scary feeling. I mean, we put a boat right through a wave that blew out the windshield. I was asleep. I was asleep on a beanbag. I woke up floating in the back of the boat. That was a day. Acts 27 says that the apostle Paul had been on this ship for two weeks in a hurricane. And he had warned them not to do this, and they, and, and they, they did otherwise. They went ahead and went on through this thing. And then as he goes, he has a a dream from the Lord. Now the Lord told him to go and appeal to Caesar and to go stand before Caesar. And let me tell you, if God has a plan for you, don't you know that there's nobody that can stop you? Not a storm, not Hurricane Ian, not Hurricane Andrew, not, not any kind of financial difficulty. There's nothing in this world that can stop the plan and the will of God. Do you know that today? So Paul was going into this weather, it was, it was, it was really difficult. And the Lord had spoken to Paul. Paul was the most authoritative man on the ship when nobody knew it. But once everybody knew it, then they were paying really close to attention to Paul. Acts chapter 27 and verse 29. The Bible says, at this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. Now this is, how many of you know where Crete is? Down in the Mediterranean, just off of Italy. Uh, down close to Sicily and all this. One of those little, those little islands down there. In fact, Crete is what the book Titus, the book of Titus is all about. Titus was the apostle that Paul sent uh, to Crete. At, that's where they were. At this rate, they were afraid that we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. How's that for a strategy? Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as the, as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers. Now, Paul told them not to go into this storm. They didn't listen to him. Now the storm was there. His credibility goes up. Paul has a dream given to him from the Lord. And his credibility continues to go up. He steps up, even though he's a prisoner, and he says this to the officer, commanding officer and the soldiers. You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. There's some meat and potatoes there for somebody today because in the middle of a storm, God will use his people 
to speak when the whole world is losing their mind. When your family is losing its mind, when it's in chaos, listen, there is a man of God, there is a woman of God down in that family that has been in the presence of the Lord and can speak life over that family that can cause the family not only to survive, but to thrive. You know what, I believe that's you today. I believe that's you today. So the soldiers cut the ropes. When the morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and let them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed to shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. They didn't make it to the beach. They got caught up on one of the reefs that Jude is talking about. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. You know, this week with Hurricane Ian, you've seen the power of water. Have you seen that? You know, you don't know, was that hurricane, was that a wind event or a water event? Well, it was both. But if you look at what the wind did with that water, pushing that water up on that coastline, that surge, the house doesn't mean anything to water. You just drip a little water on your hand, doesn't feel like anything. But how many of you saw that door get busted in by that wall of water that hit? That's spooky kind of stuff. They say hide from wind, but run from water. And, and these people, their boat was stuck and it was getting smashed repeatedly with the waves and it was caught so that the boat couldn't move. Now, if a boat can move, it can handle any kind of wave, but if a boat is made to stay still while the waves crash into the boat, that boat, it doesn't matter how strong the boat is, eventually the water is gonna win and the boat is gonna lose. So the boat, the bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. Now, this, skipping on down to verse 42, listen to this, the soldiers, wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim, swim ashore and escape. Now that sounds pretty terrible. I don't like it. If, if I was Paul, I definitely wouldn't like it. Why would they do that? Well, they're probably under some kind of orders from uh, the Roman government. Uh, probably also there are some terrible criminals in there. And, and you know, we see on the news about somebody that just committed like three violent crimes and they get let right up back out on the street and the same day commit the same crime. So, you know, there, there were probably some terrible people on there and this seemed to make some sense to them. Paul's like, hold up, just a, just a second. The commanding officer wanted to spare Paul. So he didn't let him carry out their plan. Now, here's another piece of good news for you. Because you might, your family might be busted up. Your neighborhood might be busted up. Your church might be busted up. Your, your workplace might be busted up. But how many of you know that God can spare a lot of people because one man or one woman that loves the Lord? I mean, he, didn't, he already, didn't he already do it in, in uh, the case of so many people, in the case of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you see, in, in the case of uh, a number of situations. Uh, think, think about Rahab who hung the little red, the scarlet, thread or rope out of her window that she, she was spared and and actually she this this prostitute would go on to be the great 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 grandmother of Jesus and, and of David the, the the great grandmother of David that's pretty incredible God can put a he can put a hand and stop a thing even when every circumstance looks like it's tearing things apart listen God can do a work and he will do a work 
for a faithful man or faithful woman of God. In fact, the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely to shore. 276 souls made it safely to shore because of the apostle Paul, because he had appealed to the, the Caesar and had been put in this ship. Listen, here's what I know. I trust the Lord. And it doesn't matter what circumstance we face, we can all make a good decision by trusting the Lord. How many of you believe that today? They start trusting Jesus. And what Paul shares is instructive for us today. So let me give you really quickly Six things you need to know in order to survive a good shipwreck. Number one, get close to God and do what he says. Get close to God and do what he says. In fact, I would say it's better to be in a storm with Jesus than in a palace without Jesus. And, you know, I don't want to be in a storm. I've been in enough storms. Have any of you been through some things that you don't ever want to go through it again? I don't want to go through 2020 again. I don't want to go through Hurricane Andrew again. I don't want to go through the housing market downturn of 2009 again. That was not fun. I was paying people cash to sell, to, to sell houses that I owned. Here, let me give you money to take my house. I don't want to go through that again. But let me tell you, I would much rather be with Jesus and go through some things than to have everything in the world and not have Jesus. So when you're in the middle of storms, come on, that's okay. We can give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you. When you're in the middle of a storm, get close to Jesus. He may be asleep in the bottom of the boat and all the disciples are losing their mind. But if Jesus is on board, everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Number two, don't panic. Don't panic. I'll never forget the day. Uh, a friend of mine, he was, um, he was our executive pastor. I was, I was pastoring in South Florida at the time. And we had a little emergency in the church. And he is the kind of guy who's going to get it done. And so when he saw it, he took off running down the hallway to go fix it. And he went and fixed it. But after church, later I went and said, hey, listen, next time there's a problem, I need you not to run. I need you to walk. Calm. You know, just relaxed. Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. You know, what's up? Hey there, Miss Smith. Good to see you. Open the door. And as soon as the door hits, then you run, right? Don't panic. Don't, that freaks everybody out. One, it causes everybody else to be concerned, but also if you know at the end of the day, everything is gonna be okay, why should we be afraid even if they can kill us, they can destroy us? Uh, this is one of the things I saw. Uh, yesterday I did, uh, Pastor Adam and I did uh, Mr. Torian's funeral. 77 years old, lost a long-term battle to Parkinson's. He and his son were baptized together four years ago at airport campus. And I watched this man as he battled this thing and all his questions weren't answered, but his trust was in the Lord. And he was trusting the Lord. Let me, let me tell you, what does it matter if cancer destroys our body? Because cancer cannot destroy our soul. God is with us. So don't, don't panic. Don't be afraid. Listen, Read the end of the book. You know who wins, right? Is it, we, we win. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And you know what? A lot of times in life, the things that you think are failures or setbacks are actually setups for God to do something great in our life. So don't, don't panic. Avoid making 
permanent decisions based on temporary situations. Number three, listen to the people who are close to the captain. There are some people that, you know, they're mopping the floor somewhere and they know how to run the ship, it seems like. They know how to do everything. I don't want somebody mopping the floor to run the ship. I want the captain to run the ship. The captain usually gets it right. Listen, you know, we can trust the people that God's placed in our life that are close to the Lord. And I look in this house today, I, I think about all of the mighty men and women of God that are, make up our church that have been through some battles and have some scars and have survived some difficulties and stayed close to the Lord. You know what? Sometimes I can't see. Sometimes I can't even see the bow of the ship. I can't see the conditions that are going on. It's just very turbulent. But you know what? When I see somebody that has been through it, that has trusted the Lord and God has been faithful. I know they're praying men and praying women. They're people in the word of God. Sometimes all I need to do is just get in close with them because I can trust where they're going because they've already been there. Amen. Aren't you thankful for our fathers and mothers that are here in the house today? Number four, save yourself. Then be concerned with the other passengers on the ship. Pastor, that's selfish. No, it's Actually, what they tell you on the airplane, in case of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, masks will fall down from the ceiling, secure them on your face. If you're traveling with a child, secure them on your face and then on your child. Are you telling me you don't care about your children? No, what I'm telling you, mom, dad, if you're not okay, your kids are probably not gonna be okay. So take care of yourself first and then after you do that, you can take care of other people. Number five. Hold on to the boat. I don't know what's going on in your life today, but hold on to the boat. Hey, pastor, I don't like what's happening in the church right now. Do you hear what this person did or what this person said? Don't worry about what that person did or what that person said. You hold on to the boat. That person isn't Jesus. That person is just a person on the boat just like you are. Don't abandon the boat because somebody on the boat is mean. Have you, have you have some church hurt? Of course, if you've been in the church, you got some church hurt, but it's not Jesus that did the hurting. It's Jesus that does the fixing. So bear one another's burdens. You know, give some room for one another to have some problems and difficulties. Encourage one another in the Lord. Build one another up in your most holy faith. Don't quit. Don't let other people quit either. Hey, you know, we have a follow-up ministry in the church, but I just want to commission all of you today to be in the follow-up ministry. If you see somebody that's in the church that, that is not in the church, they miss a Sunday, you pick up the phone and call them. Go do some Burger King ministry. Invite them out to eat after church, something. You know, come on, Pathway Church, let's do life together. We were, we're in this thing together. Don't let anybody fall overboard. Don't let anybody fall to the lies of the enemy. You don't let anybody get tired or discouraged. Or when they are discouraged, build them up. Amen? Amen. Hold on to the boat. Hold on to the boat. And when the boat breaks apart, <laughs> you know, there's some great churches that don't exist anymore. I've been in mill towns in North Carolina where a factory shuts down and all the houses are empty and the churches are empty. Or maybe a church has a moral failure and the leadership of the church and people become discouraged and they leave the church. Maybe they don't leave the church, but they left that church. But here's what I would say, no matter how broken it gets, hold on to the boat, even if it's just pieces of the boat. 
Pathway is in a really wonderful season right now. But we haven't always had wonderful seasons. Sometimes things have been battered by storms and difficulties and challenges. Esteem the boat. Love the boat. And when the seas break up the boat, find a plank, find some debris, find a memory, find a Sunday school teacher, find a small group leader that has been a blessing to your life and you hold on to that and God will see you through the storm. He's going to get you to the shore. Pathway Church, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Somebody just needs you here today. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know your money is slim. Your health is thin. Uh, something is failing in your life. But listen, it's going to be okay as long as we hold on to the boat. And then lastly, don't stop swimming until you get to solid ground. One time when I was a kid, my brother and I went, went out, to this, out to this lake. It was near my grandfather's house. And... I said, you know, I was probably eight. I said, I'm going to swim across the lake. And I swam halfway out and I thought, I can't make it. So I turned around and went back. <laughs> I figured it out. I eventually made it. I swam across the lake one day, but it wasn't that day. But I will tell you, you know, usually when I go swimming in that lake, it was, the, 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 the ground was so murky and so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Slimy. And when you would stand up, you would sink. But I'll tell you what, that day, it felt good for me to put my toes down in that greasy, grimy lake bed. Don't stop swimming. When you've been in a, when you've been in a shipwreck, I want you to survive. I want you to make it when your faith has been tested. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't do this alone. When you have questions, seek wisdom. And you know what? We shouldn't be afraid of truth. Truth that will set us free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you know what? If he's not true, don't follow him. But if he is true, Hold on to him with everything that you have. Amen. Amen. Acts 28. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy. So they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous stake driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided that he was a god. Well, he wasn't, but he served the true and living God. And, and I just needed to go on over to Acts 28 and tell you this because your difficulty, it may be difficult, but it will be a testimony of God's grace in your life and people will believe on Jesus. 
because of the pain that you have gone through. Don't be afraid of your pain. God doesn't waste it. Don't be afraid of the test. He turns it into a testimony. God wants to work in each of our lives today. Is there anybody at Pathway Church today? You say, Pastor, I'm in a storm right now and I'm asking God to help me survive it. Just slip up your hand just right where you are. Yeah, be encouraged. You're not the only one. We're either, we're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or on our way into a storm. Everybody's facing something. Everybody's facing something. So Father, we come to you today and we ask you for your wisdom and your guidance, Lord, and your help during the storms of life. Not only so that we would survive, but so that like Paul, 276 souls may survive because of your faithfulness to us. Help us to be faithful to you. Do your good and strong work in our lives, Lord. We'll thank you for it today. Father, I pray that you administer to my brothers and sisters today and you would strengthen them. You would encourage them. Father, help them in the darkest of times to hold on to the truth of your name, the truth of your word, led by your Holy Spirit. And Father, those times would be refining and building times. Father, they, they would know that there's nothing that they can face that you can't help them through. Father, I pray for sons and daughters who are a long way off from you. Father, touch their lives, touch your hearts, minister to them today. God, help your word entrench itself in our lives. And we'll give you the thanks and the honor for that, Lord, today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.